0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Oz Network as we continue our exclusive recap and coverage of the television show Third Watch. That is right, Third Watch, if you're listening to this thinking that maybe you're tuning into our nipped-up recaps or uh, anything else, you, you've gotten the wrong one, folks. This is Third Watch. Just thought I would say that a few more times. We are into the 14th episode of the very first season. This one, of course, is entitled 32 Bullets and a Broken Heart. This one was uh, written by John Ridley and directed by Brian Spicer, aired on the 21st of February, two my name is ben and you're just easy to please
1: hello again and it is brandy and god ben you would drive monks crazy
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes i've often been told that um but thank you for (laughs) for uh for reminding me and everybody else uh, but I'm excited, as always, as I am every single week, to talk about the greatest TV show in the history of the world. Uh, special shout-out to everybody who listens to these and loves Third Watch. We love you because you love Third Watch. Because, Brandy, let's be honest, if you love Third Watch, you're just a better person.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I love it when somebody agrees with me, because it never happens. But anyway. Uh, but uh, let's let's see if we can change that. We'll get straight into this uh, episode, and uh, once again, we get it Tonight on Third Watch um, which I just, this, this one kind of really does ruin it for me because this, this has got a big spoiler in it. This essentially straight away lets you know that at some point in this episode, Fred is in jail basically. And that Jokus I mean, you don't know obviously that spoiler alert, she arrests him, but, uh, I mean, uh, we, we've talked a little bit about this in the last few weeks, Brandy, but uh, yeah, I, this, this tonight and third watch thing is just garbage.
1: I now find it funny every time you watch an episode <laughs> that is there, because I just know as soon as you see it, it's gonna you're just gonna get irked out by it.
0: <laughs> I love <laughs> how you, you like, know my anger. It's like, oh god, Ben's gonna be angry at this. Um, yeah, it's just I mean, it's it's pointless to me the fact that you literally get something pretty big in this episode spoiled and that to me defeats the purpose of any form of promo i mean do, do they show this on the the promo for uh you know the the ad that week on nbc i mean i, I don't know but it's just it yeah it's just it, it's it frustrates me and like i mean i can imagine if anybody's watching this for the very first time along with us um that maybe it's frustrating for them i don't know
1: they did they do ads a lot during this time? Oh, they would like have. A, I mean,
0: a- you know, shows are advertised. They still are. I mean, okay. that's kind of how you... Obviously, they've got to promote the episode each week. But, yeah.
1: They were experimenting for a while just to see if this was better. I mean, for a couple. Because they don't, they don't keep up with this, I no. don't believe. Oh, no. I I,
0: th- I, I think kind of it's scrapped in this season. I I From memory, I believe this we get it for a few, and it's, again it's not like it's a consistent thing it's not like they've done this all season it kind of it comes and goes like it's it's every now and then it's here then it's not then it's there it's, it's not and yeah from memory that like we don't we don't get this at all after you know i think maybe this could be the last one that we see i don't think we even see it in the next episode
1: it could have been just experiment i mean just to see if they thought that this somehow would boost ratings or something i don't know but yeah it's
0: definitely. It's don't know how it would boost ratings but um
1: i don't know i'm
0: <laughs> yeah can
1: throw something there <laughs> uh, who, who
0: knows I mean it was stupid and thankfully it doesn't get used but uh speaking of getting used sort of um we obviously get our sort of our, our follow-up from the end of the last episode he's Bobby and Kim of course as we said they made out we know they slept together because here they are naked in bed with each other and um good good to see uh brandy that Bobby's quickly gotten over the fact that his brother is basically dead to him uh, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> we We kind of touched on that at the end of the last episode, how you know that was Kim's way of making him forget. well, let's be honest, he forgot because I think we only get maybe like one and a half references to his brother in this entire episode. It was a huge story arc, and just kind of refreshed your memory. Remember people that a week ago when we were talking about this and in third watch days, this is only twelve hours ago, let's say the fact that poor old Bobby's brother, who basically was involved uh, as a driver in a armed robbery has uh, failed to turn himself in. He's basically done a runner, and Bobby said that if you do a runner, you're dead to me. I won't have a brother anymore. So essentially, again, on all letters of the law, his brother has just died, yet he can kind of get over it by fucking the woman that he's been in love with for a while. Um, Yeah, clearly family means a lot to Bobby. (laughs) Kim's vagina means a lot more to him.
1: Oh, I guess, okay, my take is that, I don't know, maybe he's just in his moments. I mean, his feelings, he is. I mean, you go from devastation to thinking that the woman that you loved all these years is into you. I mean, sure, that counts for something. I mean, it doesn't wipe away his brother, but at the end of the day, the woman that you fell in love with, like, years ago, is
0: finally into you, that yeah. you think of. I mean, I, get, I do get that, but it's just, it just seems very, like, convenient that it's kind of, like, it's a good way in the plot to kind of basically make you forget about that, because, again, with, with, besides the one-and-a-half references this episode we get to his brother, uh, spoiler alert, everybody, from this point on, you forget that Maddie even existed, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> True, but, I mean, also, they... And, I mean, I guess we could also say that since they also talked about Maddie's background, that his mom wasn't even involved with him. So, I mean, you could just look at the background like, well, maybe this has been going on for so long that even Bobby at one point got fed up like this is well, it. Well, I think
0: that's kind of he was didn't implied up. in the last episode, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, it's easier to look at like this, this instead instead of just thinking like that plot was just kind of thrown away a
0: little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, I, I mentioned about how it's, he's not mentioned. I, I will correct myself. There is an episode where he's sort of brought up in a, in a loose context. But, um, yeah. But, I mean, look, I, I get that. Look, it's great. You know, Bobby and Kim, this sexual tension has lasted all of 14 episodes because here they are in bed with each other. But, um, obviously, yeah, Bobby's getting a little bit ahead of himself. Uh look I am a I'm a single guy there's plenty of reasons why I'm single and uh this is probably one of my reasons because that's probably me the next morning uh in bed with Kim uh Kim Raver oh I'm so in love with you uh Bobby you're moving a bit too fast um so, <laughs> Yeah I I look brandy from a girl's perspective you don't really want to hear that uh the next morning unless, unless I guess you are in love with them but in this case yeah no, I mean, they're not
1: get it Cause I okay, I've had guys say I love you, and I'd be like, "Oh, thank you," because you don't know how to respond. Well, because especially if it's going too fast. But there is times like if you can, if it's both, which I thought Kim and Bobby was. I thought this was like the same in some way as just not as much as I guess as Bobby. But I mean, if if it's there, mutual, then yeah, I love you is not a big problem.
0: You know, what, you know what I really like about this whole storyline, this Bobby Kim storyline, because I've kind of always, I guess, been Team Bobby because. Um, you know, have been in situ- situations similar to Bobby in the past. So you're kind of like you're, you're rooting for that situation where you get involved in somebody that you might have feelings for and, you know, similar things like that. This episode, I guess I'm very pro-team Bobby. Like, yeah, Bobby, go Bobby. You know, I feel sorry for you. Fuck you, Kim. But, like, it's, it's interesting kind of to not jump too ahead and go into the next episode but like next week I guess we'll talk about this but they they do such a good job I think of kind of counterbalancing that a week later where you really feel sorry for Kim even though I guess if you were to analyse it you kind of can really see that Kim shouldn't have done what she did Um, and yeah it's it's kind of it's very I think it's very clever the way they do this storyline to kind of make you go one side Bobby the next time you're going to be side with Kim
1: there you go and I just have to say this I am pro Kim Oh. It's just, I think this whole storyline with Bobby and Kim made me not like her at one point. Just because Bobby's the decent paramedic dude throughout the whole season. he, You know, he can't really do any wrong. And then you have Kim, who's so messed up, knowing that Bobby has feelings for her. And then what she does and find out next week what goes on. And it made me kind of like, okay, I don't like Kim for like the first half of the first season. But I mean, after this, she is... You grow to love her a
0: lot more. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. I do do like their kind. I mean, as always, we've said it, they've got great chemistry, and they would be a fantastic couple because, I mean, you know, just like this bit there where, you know, Bobby's like, well, I mean, there's no beating around the bush. He's going down on her. Um, And basically, what does he say? Like 10 minutes, and she's like, oh, eight minutes more than most men. Um, For some reason, on my note, I've literally written on my notes here, and I'm not even just trying to make this into a joke. I have literally written eight minutes more than most Ben. Uh (laughs) So, (laughs) I don't know if I'm just subconsciously talking about myself or I'm just I don't know I've I've heard the word men and thought Ben and maybe I'm just picturing myself as Bobby in that scene I really don't know but that's kind of embarrassing
1: definitely some deeper meaning there maybe I don't know Uh, it might not be such who knows I don't
0: know (laughs) any women listening to this I'm not saying that's true um Maybe three minutes. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, so it's, it's Valentine's Day. Um, we've now got Bosco in the car with Jokas, Um And uh, he's asking for uh, gift advice, uh, which which I really... I think it's kind of funny, sort of the back and forth between these two. And he's trying to, you know, work out what to get Nicole um, and then we obviously get this great conversation about Bosco talking about if I'm not giving her multiple numbers, um, you know, it's a bad night and he just wants to sit around and talk. Oh, um, I mean, it's, I will say like this, we, we talk about, I guess, this show being dated and kind of just, you know, how I guess we, we there are certain things that are said that you wouldn't get away with now. I mean, I think this episode is a great episode in terms of, you know, you know, showing how far certain things have come in society and maybe how things haven't come in certain other things. But I, I I do kind of think there's a lot of stuff that they talk about and show. Like, we said that the other week, didn't we, when like you had that scene with Nicole and Bosco in the car. They, they got away with a lot, I feel, on, on this network. Tele- I don't know if you'd get away with some of this now, but, like, you know, even his line there about talking about, like, you know, if I'm not giving him multiple numbers. Like, I don't know. To me, that kind of seems like a bit... You know Ford for a show that's not on cable. I don't know. I maybe I'm just thinking too much in the 2017 I, mindset. I, I
1: really don't know. I agree with you. I mean, there's a lot that you wouldn't get away with now that they did this show. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this before. I mean, I agree with you completely, <coughs>
0: mm.
1: which is why the show is so great, and especially for those who wish there was more shows like this and you haven't seen Third Watch or thinking about watching it. It's one of the perfect shows to go back and be able to see like wow it was different and then like like you said how far we have come and what they do on TV now versus then yeah you know?
0: Well, we get, I mean, we get yeah. into this great storyline, and this is kind of the one I was touching on a, a week or so ago about Bosco and kind of this whole bigotry and we, you know, this speech that he gives in this episode, which we'll obviously get to. But uh, they're called to a, a shooting. There's been a shooting at a wedding. Bosco goes on foot to try and chase after the shooter but can't find him. Then we, we go back into the church and we find out that it's not actually, I guess, a uh, heterosexual wedding. It's a homosexual wedding. It's between two guys. And um, we kind of, obviously, to sort of really date this because, I mean, you know, I guess 2017 this is more accepted. I mean, this can we just point out that, obviously, this was, what, 2000, late 1999, early 2000, when, at the time, you know, gay marriage clearly not legal. And that's never really touched upon in this episode, the fact that you've got a gay wedding and this guy saying, oh, I'm the only one who's performing this. Now, look. I, I'll i just put it out there. I don't know the laws around New York and, and gay weddings in 1999 and 2000, whether or not this was just a, a pure ceremonial wedding or there were certain legalities around it. I don't know. Maybe one of our listeners can and tell us. But, I mean, I, I will say I think it's handled well that that it, it i mean the issue around kind of this is really around bosco's reaction and not just bosco's reaction i think it's more about the acceptance uh of some parts of society and of course you know um it's not just bosco who's kind of having things to say it's obviously uh detective tancredi but like yeah i just I think it's good that they don't kind of make it into a whole issue about whether or not it should be legal or not. But um, we obviously get that line from Sully, though, just before the credits, where Boss goes, like, the bride's a guy, welcome to the new millennium. That, that to me, is a real uh, David Caruso, CSI Miami moment where Sully should be putting on the sunglasses and we should be getting there, yeah! Like, you know, going into the... Uh, <laughs> yes. That, to me, was just a really forced line.
1: <laughs> that was perfect, though. That was a good... Uh... And now uh, that was basically that was good comparison, yeah. um yeah. And I do we talked about that too. That's what I love about the show is that they don't put too much heavy emphasis on one thing. You know, I mean they they kind of imply it or they'll show it for a moment, but then they'll like go around it and talk about other things as well. And um, I believe in New York, at that point it was just it wasn't legally recognized. It was just recognized, and I think it became legal in two thousand eleven, if I'm correct. Right. I mean. Don't quote me on it, but yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I've just, I've just literally Googled that in. Uh, Yeah, New York State 2011, you're right. Uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm just wondering though, because like, I mean, the sad fact in Australia, folks, is that it's still not legal here. Um, And, you know, they, people will have, I guess, like ceremonies to kind of, you know, have just the ceremonial aspect behind it, but then it's not legally recognised. But I guess my point in sort of bringing that up is that I think it's great that it's kind of. It's not like there's a debate in this episode about oh, it's not legal though. Why are you doing it? Um, but so, I mean, it's but it's but it, we do get kind of like you know this this whole scene though when it comes to like as I was saying about the acceptance that with the police and Bosco and everything along the lines, and we get this priest obviously who's you know saying you know he's obviously defending. The fact that it's a it's a hate crime, and he's saying like, what does he say to like Bosco? Like, oh, it's gay, so it's got to be something to do with sex. And then obviously you get, um, you know, just all these these lines that sort of. Bosco is clearly uncomfortable in this situation, um, and then yeah, it's it's kind of you get a real side to Bosco this episode that for the most part of it you really do find it hard to. I guess, side with him, but I think what is done well with him in this episode is that yeah, you you kind of you've got Jokus as the voice of reason trying to obviously be the leveler there and be like, Well look, you know, we're not all, you know, bigots against uh, you know, certain types of people. But like we get kind of that great that great closing of this episode when it comes to that speech that Bosco gives, which again I know I'm really forward thinking here, but um I think that really does sum up Bosco as a as a police officer, but um, yeah, I mean it's it's a good setup I guess to what we're we're uh, going to get in this episode because I I really this storyline I think is done very very well. And I think that kind of as much as as much as kind of it's maybe a bit dated in some of the references and the fact that they can get away with saying like fag and queer on TV in the context that they use it, um I think that it still actually does hold up quite well because you know, it's a sad fact is that you've kind of still got issues like this, you know, 18, 17 years later, and you've obviously gonna still have certain members of the police that kind of feel that way, not just police society, um, and you also, um, you know, still kind of have, people out there who are who are targeting people for for no other reason for you know just their lifestyle so i think what i'm trying to say is i think it's handled well this whole storyline and that you know nearly 20 years later we can say that we've still got issues like that in society we have improved but at the same time this is done in a way that it doesn't really date it too much you could still see an episode like this taking place you know in today's world i guess i'm saying no i agree i mean i you summed it
1: up pretty well i'm kind of like don't have much to say you yeah. summed it up
0: well. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't know why I'm saying you're welcome. I just felt that being nice. Um, so uh, we, we cut back to Kim and Bobby and kind of this is one of the one and a half references to his brother, uh, you know, where Kim's sort of like, have you heard anything from your brother this morning? Kim, you know that he, um, what happened last night? I know you're trying to make small talk, but uh, yeah. It, anyway, so we we then get Bobby basically just being like, no, Kim's like, you tried, and then Bobby's like, "Look under the visor." <laughs> so like, Bobby doesn't care. Uh, it's a it's a Valentine's Day card because again, it's Valentine's Day, um, and sort of we get this discussion here. Bobby's kind of you know getting a bit of, a bit ahead here is you know asking her up to Vermont for the weekend. They're going to be going skiing and all that sort of stuff. Now, I just I just want to say that like, surely like I can get why Kim is a little bit like, oh shit, you know, moving too fast and all that sort of stuff. But surely these two have a friendship. Where even if they're not together, they're still going to invite each other away for the weekend. I mean, like, I I, I can kind of see both sides. I can definitely see Kim thinking, fuck, like, dude, we just had sex months, like, back off. But at the same time, it's kind of like, surely if they didn't fuck, then he still could ask her as a friend.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and she has, they have. I mean, throughout the episodes, we witnessed that. Like oh come over, my mom's having family members over, and Kim's like oh it's another time. Like they do that back and forth, and but this one time, like you said, now that they had sex, Kim's like oh hell no.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean it, definitely uh, it's different at this point in the scene, but I mean, then you see like I said, the next episode is gonna be, it's gonna be different as well. Yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, I not much of this scene for sure, but yeah. Yeah, Uh, it's. I mean, well, obviously, got more to talk about there, but it's. You know, again, it's kind of. As I was saying before, it's done very well. this storyline that you can kind of, you know, feel for both of them at at many points. Uh, Sally and Davis' time, and uh, Sally kind of just having this conversation. You know, talking about the priest basically saying, you know, all thinking that we're slacking off. Uh, what does he say? Like, oh, it's always something with those people. And <laughs> the way Davis is like, those people. Um, you know, it's and like, you can see Sully's frustration. Like, again, it's kind of how I think this story is done well. You, you're always going to have um, people like that priest who, whether it be sort of around like sexuality, race, gender, you know, you're always going to have a person who, I guess, is automatically going to play a certain card. And I think, like, we get it in this episode with the priest. I think the next episode, obviously, with what happens with Davis, uh, we get, like, the, what is he, the, the victim's nephew or something like that, like, straight away, like, they, they don't see any other purpose, the fact that it was related to, to one thing. And look, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that you're always going to have a person like that in, in, in a situation like that. So I think you can definitely see Sully's frustration because, you know, he's been around a lot. And, you know, just, just pointing that out. But then we get this, um, Davis basically goes into full on, like, flirt mode. Cause he sees these, you know, two young women, their cars pulled over, they're having tire issues. And the way Davis is like, oh my God. Like, you know, he's just like, he's there. And this is coming from a guy who, what, an episode or two ago we discovered, apparently has a girlfriend. The one that I said we never meet, uh, she's gone. Um, because, you know, he's Davis wanting to, to pick up. Um, and we obviously have these two girls there. They've got these really fancy, Alexis, uh, And, you know, they're basically like, oh, so no, we're fine. We'll, we'll just call the auto club. And, uh, you know, David's like, no, 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 we're here. We'll help. And it's like, oh, you know, pop the trunk. I'll, um, you know, I'll I'll get the tire out. Can I have the keys? Before she, one of them admits that she doesn't have the keys. And Sully then soon finds out that they stole the car. And I love that line. He says, like, oh, there's enough broken laws to go around for the both of you. Now, the one thing that I've got to say here, which, I mean, look, I understand why they need to basically find out they don't have the keys because you need to find out they've stolen the car. But, like, for anybody who's ever owned a car, when David says, like, oh, can I have the keys to open the trunk? Um, you can pop the trunk basically on the inside of any car, right? So, technically, didn't need to ask for the keys. Um. So, anyway, but yeah, I just I like this setup. I like this setup between these. I mean, this is where it kind of it works well. I don't necessarily like the convenience of the storyline that this turns into, but uh, yeah, I I just love Davis's initial like, oh my god, reaction.
1: <laughs> it was awesome. I mean- Solly's line is actually my favorite part of that part. When he's like, ladies, no need for arguing. There's enough broken laws to go around. I mean, that is awesome. And also <laughs> he's
0: finally- lying when, what does he say? Like, yes, I was just hoping that two girls young enough to be my daughter might need help.
1: <laughs> I do love it. I mean, and what you just mentioned about Solly being been around for a while. He, I love that he also makes that uh, reference later on in this episode about, like, he hopes that David can get to that point. Yeah. So he doesn't have to like go through this, everything that David wants to do in terms of being right and paperwork and all that.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Well, when he says, like, you know, call, you know, come back to me when you've gone over this phase. Yeah. It's like a nice little throwaway line. Yeah, you're right. That, that's coming up in a second. Uh, I mean, we kind of get a throwaway scene in between this storyline here with, um, you know, Doc Morales, nice little moment when they're in the hospital and. You know, they're all like, oh, you know, are there people watching? Yes. Oh, then I probably shouldn't kiss you. Just just let it be known that I really want to kiss you. Like, I don't know. It's like um, for somebody who at the moment who, you know, uh, hates love as much as I hate cancer, I guess. Uh, I still think this is a nice little scene. Um, so, <laughs> it's... Um, you can't not like the chemistry between these two.
1: No, you can't. But I don't know why at this scene when I was watching it, it was kind of awkward for me. I don't really? know why. I was like... Well, not in a bad way. It was just like, Doc, oh, wow, he's showing another side of him. I'm I love not, I'm not it. used to I, mean, I
0: love it. I, I, I do too.
1: I do too. It's just a little bit awkward. Like, I wasn't used to seeing his character like in that kind of.
0: That's what's so good about it. Because, I mean, I guess kind of we keep talking about the fact that we know the tragedy of Doc Parker, but like you, you make the most of these scenes. And, like, the thing that is always good when you've got like two characters, like with the actors, who you always talk about this chemistry. And the way I kind of look at it is if, like, you picture a scene, you're watching this scene, and it's not even like the actors are acting. It's just like these two, you know, Michael Beach and Lisa Vidal are just doing that without even pretending. And like you can see that. I'm not saying that these two ever had a thing in real life. I don't know. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But like they just have like this great chemistry that just it just plays off so well for each other and it's just you know, again, like, I just I just can't not not like this scene. It's just, oh, it's so good. I just love the way they, just that little line when it's just like, you know, you know I want to kiss you, right? Yeah, like, and we've all been there. We've all been in a a relationship or something like that with a new person where maybe you can't do what you want to do in a certain context. That sounds wrong, but I think you know where I'm going with that. And you you kind of, you're so infatuated with a person that, you know, you have those little cutesy lines that you're saying, like, you know, I really want to kiss you right now. I do too. You know, it's just yeah. I don't know. I really like that scene. It's a throwaway scene, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out.
1: No, no, I like it. Like I said, it wasn't like a bad awkward. It was just like oh cool. Was, you know, it was different seeing Doc in that situation. And of course, over time, like they have more scenes like this. You know, which is cool.
0: Yeah,
1: but
0: for yeah, sure. I love it for sure. Uh, We obviously back to the play. I lo- I, yeah, you were sort of mentioning before about how Sally kind of has that throwaway line about once he gets over his thing, but um. I do love it like they're both sitting at the desk and they're both arguing over what they should charge each of the uh the two with and like what does that girl say? Like, Oh why do I need to boost Alexis? My man provides and like just the way she says it. Um and then Basically, Davis fights over Sally. Sally's trying to basically let one of them off because, you know, one of them has a rap sheet and the other one doesn't. But Davis is basically saying, like, no, they're both in the car. They're both going to say one thing to the other. So let's charge them with the both uh, same, the, the same time. And I like the one of the, the girl when she says, like, listen to the white dude. And Sally's like, yeah, listen to the white dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but the one thing that, like, I really do not like about this whole storyline because in the age-old world of television convenience... And in the city of New York of about 10 million people, of course, the two people that they arrest, one of them just has to be the sister of everybody's favorite street kid, who we never got a proper introduction to, but we're all going to pretend that we like, is Malcolm. Uh, She stands up, says, yo, too tall, do me a favor. Uh, my little brother, Malcolm Lewis. And can I just also say, Malcolm Lewis is a fairly common-sounding name. How does he automatically know that the Malcolm Lewis that he's dealt with is that person? And the last time we saw Malcolm, notwithstanding the scene of him stealing that book, which was meant to be in the episode before the one that we last saw him in, there's the confusion still happening with the Third Watch continuity, uh, he was running away from the evil Sunder Walker wanting to kill him. And now he's just at home, chilling, listening to music while his sister's out boosting Lexuses. Um, it's a bit strange. I don't... I, what I'm trying to say, Brandy, it's just... It's really convenient. I don't like it. It just feels like, oh, here we go. We've got to have a fourth storyline for Davis and Sully. So, yeah, I, I really don't like the plot of Davis and Malcolm in this episode. Um, I don't have much thought about it.
1: I, it is convenient. That is for sure. I mean, Malcolm, in terms of, like, the... Uh, you said... What was his name? Sam? <laughs> you said Sunder something Wal- about the uh, drug Walker. deal. Okay, yeah. That one is still confusing. I wish they would, like, sum that up and let us know what happened. I'm pretty because we're all wondering-
0: sure it what does. It- I'm pretty certain we do get a uh conclusion to that just if I'm thinking of something that may happen in the coming episodes. But again, don't quote me on that. I'm thinking out loud, but yeah, sorry, continue.
1: No, no, go ahead. I was just that's the one thing I wanted to say about that. I mean no there's not much to say about it. like you said, it's convenient. There's not much to that storyline right now besides the I don't I don't know, spoiler alert. He needs a place to stay and I love how that that happens.
0: Yeah, well I mean it's again <laughs> convenient. Can I just say that, uh, I mean, we'll get to Malcolm soon, but we've not really talked about the actor who plays him. I've just looked him up here. Uh, Jade Yorker. And I, I mean, I will say he's actually a good actor, um, you know, as much as I might not necessarily like the convenience of his character. And he can kind of get a bit annoying when he just pops up from time to time. But I mean, he does do very well for what he has. And like, obviously, you know, we're going to talk about him. Yeah, I'm just looking at it quickly, too. I will say he there is at least one more episode after this with him in it. Um, and that is the twentieth episode of this season. So um uh, yeah, we have still got a few more, but th- there is at least one. one. I'm pretty sure I'm thinking what happens in that one. I think even his sister's in it again. But anyway, we're not even we haven't even seen him in this episode, we just spoiled it for you. But um again if you've haven't seen this episode <laughs> no, then. So no.
1: I like, but, uh, no, I mean he does randomly popped up. But I will say I love how they kinda made him not as bad yeah. as it could have. Which makes him kind of unique, his character a little bit unique, because most times when you see a TV show and the kid's into, like, that crowd, he's this bad, gangster kind of kid, and David and Sully, both David and Sully are both, like, he's not that bad. Even Sully comes around him a little bit. Yeah, I mean,
0: so- he's kind of just, like, I guess a kid out, down on his luck, really, more so than a lot of things, so... Situation, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to him, yeah. obviously, uh, when it comes to that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of disappointed. I'd, I'd love to go back and maybe read it this, but I'm not going to because I can't be bothered. Um, when our opening line, I completely forgot about this upcoming line, which I should have used because this is like the best line of the episode. We get um, we get Doc and Carlos in the ambulance just, you know, talking. And, and Doc's obviously just trying to be like, you know, oh, you know, so UK okay with Morales and I? Uh, you know, still mad about seeing, you know, her... And you know, Carlos is like, no, no, it's fine. And you know, just like Doc's explanation, he's like, because you know, I should know that uh, you should know we're having physical relations. <laughs> what does he say? Like, oh. what you two? What does he like? You're you're tickling. I can't even remember what he says. But he's like, no, we're having sex. <laughs> like you're wrestling.
1: Like yeah. you're pro. Yeah, you're pro wrestling. It's like. No, we're having sex. Oh, good. I would. He says okay. something like. I just love the way he Sit. says
0: that, like you know, we're having a uh, physical relations, and, like you can see, like that that fits in well with Doc's character, like you know, because I mean, again, as we discovered, it's the first time he's kind of been with someone since his wife died, so he's kind of still a little bit awkward about it and everything. But then Do- Carlos, like, this is really just you know, Carlos, why he's the second best character of this show uh, when he's like there and he's like talking about like, don't get me wrong, you know, Morales, the woman gives me enough wood to build a boat. A really nice boat.
1: <laughs> Can I just say, Carlos' is confidence. I don't know why, but this scene, it, His confidence is like 10 times more lately. <laughs> I just love Doc's reaction. Like, like,
0: what? And then just like, Carlos just like fobs it off. <laughs> yeah, you're right, though. You are right. Like, he's confidence, Like,. He's really gone from this kind of like scared little kid who just, you know, this, that. But like, this is again the uniqueness of Doc and Carlos's relationship. It's just like, you know, it's just, it's so fun and, ah, just. Carlos that's just really is the Carlos that we, we slowly get to really start to like that's kind of like a couple episodes ago you know you be hero okay it really doesn't fit in with Carlos's character considering that you know the way this builds up and it, it all definitely comes to a huge build up when we eventually get the Carlos centric episode next season which is one of the best episodes of the show um, but yeah just that line that line is amazing um, but and then back to Bosco and Yoko's uh, Bosco, and uh, they've been called by Kim and Bobby, and they're like Bosco's kind of like complaining, like, why have you called us? Like, this has nothing to do with us. Uh, we've got a guy, a drunk guy, has crashed into a bus stop. And who is it, Brandy? It's Fred. Of course it's Fred, but we knew that, because, of course, what happened at the beginning of this episode? Tonight on Third Watch. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, and clearly he's been, apparently we find out that he's been on the way to pick up the kids, and... Yocas uh, gives him the fields and sobriety test. Now, look, in, in Australia, w- we just have the breathalyzer. We call it the breatho. Uh, we don't do this whole, like, fields and sobriety test. I mean, look, I've always wondered about this. If, like, how... If if you are an alcohol, if you're somebody who drinks a lot, surely you would just practice getting drunk and practice walking in a straight line with your finger on your nose saying the alphabet backwards like this seems something you could train for whereas like a breathalyzer test don't think you can really fake that so i don't know if that's like an american thing where you can fake that if you're drunk i mean do they legitimately do that
1: in america i believe so i don't know if they still do it i don't drink i don't Drive, so I don't. Oh, no, I wasn't I never trying to imply
0: off. there that you're an alcoholic and always gets pulled no, no, over. No, no, but, I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, you're an American. That's kind of where my go-to was with that. <laughs> no,
1: I'm just saying, like, it's something I wouldn't know, right? Because okay. I'd never. Good say. I'm sure. I could, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, inter- it's an interesting question. So next time, uh, if somebody knows, let us know. Please, uh,
0: any people out there, any drink drivers who are listening to this show, uh, please let us know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you know more about that, I don't know. I mean, I believe there's a police officer who's actually part of one of the groups that we're part of. And he might know what's going on. Maybe. So. Who
0: knows? There Who you knows? Go. But, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting to kind of see that. But anyway, so, yes, she arrests Fred. I mean, it, look, it's it's kind of, I guess you could argue it's kind of like a convenience scene, almost like the Malcolm story. But I think it's kind of, it works more effectively. Cause you know, you've obviously got Bosco who's basically trying to say like, look, let him go. He just had a few drinks. And then like, Yoke is like, she's standing up to this. Like, no, I'm not letting, you know, him get away with this this time. So, um, you know, I, I think it works. Um, and obviously as we were talking a bit about Fred before a couple of weeks ago, it kind of builds up into this moment. And, um, Bit more to happen with that in this episode. Um, now we get kind of uh, Doc and Carlos again, though. We get this real like dramatic music. Here's this woman in the street. A bus has hit her. We've got this like bus driver yelling at Carlos as they get out of the ambulance, like it's all my fault. And I love how Carlos like gets out of the ambulance. He's like, what, um, you know? And you really think, oh god, here's a real dramatic moment. But as soon as they roll this girl over and they kind of the music stops and she's fine, and we meet Vangie. Um, and basically, she says to Carlos, you know, are you an angel? Um, and then she's like thinking that she's dead and is like, oh, I'm in hell. It's like, you're not in hell, you're in New York. Uh, and then her line, like, I opened my eyes and I saw you, my angel. Now, it's, I mean, it's cute. Obviously, we get a bit of a payoff at the end of this episode. She's in it for, you know, an episode or two more. Uh, but like, Vangie kind of comes in it to a point, you kind of think she's a bit pointless and she kind of seems that way, but let's just, without trying to spoil it too much, let's just say she has a huge impact on Carlos's life. Can I just leave it at that perhaps there, Brandy, without spoiling too much?
1: Let's just leave it there because I don't want to say anything because I might spoil it. So We'll leave because she does play a big impact, a big factor. She does have a factor in his life at one point. So, But other than that, we'll leave it there.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like Vangie. She's kind of got that right level of <laughs> kookiness and crazy about her that you kind of believe her and kind of how she is but um yeah i, I mean it's 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 sort of an interesting way to uh to meet her though isn't it
1: <laughs> it is i will say she is definitely i remember her and i remember the, the line you look like i thought you were an angel i remember that line from years ago when i first like seen the episode or so a decade yeah. maybe um I, I why is it why is it that when this ha- this scene happened and the ambulance was right there, I was like, "Oh, Carlos hit another person again." And
0: I was like, "Wait, no, not this." <laughs> <part."> <laughs> well, I mean, I that, like, that's, you that's, know? in all fairness, that's a that's a uh, you know easy thing to uh, kind of um, assume. It's kind of like early on in Third watch, it's like Carlos hits people, and then like later on in the series, it becomes sort of a running trope that Carlos keeps hitting his head. So I mean, it's kind of like yeah. Carlos has like a um, you know a, a bit of an ongoing thing going there for a while, I guess.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, but we then... What are we? We're back to uh, Bosco and Yokus. are at Yokis' house. Um, and they're talking about Beth coming over to look after Charlie and Yokus. And then kind of we get this... Um, just a little scene between Jokas and Bosco. kind of sets up a bit of animosity between the pair. You know, she kind of reveals some stories about... Obviously, we learned about her dad was a drunk, and she had to deal with it. Um, and they just kind of have a back and forth. And we get that great line from Jokas where she says, there are no victims, only volunteers. So, uh, yeah, pretty dramatic scene there, I guess. I don't know if you got really anything to add on I that.
1: No, I actually love this scene. I will say... It is interesting between Bosco and Yoko the way he took everything. Like, if you want to arrest your husband, do it yourself. Yeah. You know, I, I was first, at first I was like, well, they're partners. You'd think he would back her up. But then I was like, nah, because at the end of the day, they're like family. He was... To get in that is like saying that Bosco doesn't care about her family no matter what she does, yeah. in a way. Yeah. yeah so that was definitely interesting to see, like, Bosco was like, you know what? Do it yourself.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Exactly. Uh, Back to our dear friend Malcolm, uh, I, I love the way, like, he knocks on the door. This is Davis, because I, I love... First of all, like, Davis is about to go up, and Sully's... And he's kind of says Sully to wait. What does he say to Sully? Like, oh, he might get scared if he sees you. And then Sully's like, what? Because every single time you show up, it's a ray of sunshine. Um, <laughs> but um, I, love it. I, I love it kind of. He goes to the door, he knocks on the door. Now, he's playing, like, that music very loud. He doesn't knock that loud, and somehow he hears him and answers it straight, straight away. And then I love the way that, like, Davis is like oh, it's about your sister. And he's like, she got shot.
1: <laughs> like, it's just like,
0: doesn't even hesitate. It's like, she got shot? And it's like, no, God, no, she nothing like to. that. And then, like, says he arrested. And then like, Malcolm's like, can't you take a breath first? Like, before you go arrest people? Like, again, like, I, this storyline's forced, but, you know, going back on it, I kind of, I like Malcolm. Um, and then basically he's saying, like, Dave, which is like, look, you know, your sister said to go stay with your aunt, and then her aunt, his aunt's in Pittsburgh. And then we kind of get this scene of um, Malcolm in the back of the cop car, Sully and Davis are driving him, and they're going to drop him off at his mum, and, you know, Sully just being Sully. So blase, just kind of like, you know, you've got an uncanny situation, i making bad situations worse. Um, yeah, just, I just... I kind of like how they, um, they do this. Then... This Um then
1: this interesting chemistry, that's for
0: sure. Yeah, oh... For I love sure. the
1: chemistry.
0: Yeah, definitely. Malcolm and Davis. Yeah, for sure. Uh, then we kind of cut back to... Bosco and Jokas, and they're back to talking, and Bosco's, like, asking about, oh, should I get a lingerie about Nicole? Um, and it's like, what does you say? Like, that's not a gift for her. That's a gift for you. And Bosco's like, well, yeah. Um, and then they're, they've got to go off to another gay shooting. They've just... They clear themselves, and they've got to go there. We'll get back to that in a minute. But then we get Davis... At his mum's house with Malcolm, I love how like they bring him into the house, and um, he, Davis is like to his mum, like, "Oh, you know, this is this is Malcolm," and Malcolm's just like, "Sup," <laughs> uh, and then obviously Sally and and Davis are talking Maggie into taking him in for a couple of days. It's sweet, it's nice, um, and then we're back to this gay shooting. Where uh, we find out that there has been... Somebody's gone into this, uh, this party, shot at some uh, more partygoers... And the bullet's gone through the window and killed an old lady. I love how this just gets glossed over. Can we just ignore the fact that some poor little old lady is lying dead on the streets of New York? But we don't care about her. Just, and what do they say? It's like, oh, some old lady got hit. She was DOA. It's like, oh, okay, cool. So she's dead. Somebody's grandmother's dying, bleeding out. But we don't care. As we need to have, like, uh, you know, homophobic Detective Tancredi speaking to us. So, <laughs> it's just, poor little old lady, hashtag rest in peace old lady. Um, but yeah, we, we get kind of, again, this, this uncomfortable language, I guess, which, I mean, look, you can see the time this is put out, you can still use a lot of this, I mean, you know, not that it ever should be used, but I don't think you would maybe get away with this sort of, uh, this sort of wording in a TV show based on this subject matter. But, uh, you know, he says the word, some fag mixer, which isn't very nice. Um, And then we obviously get, uh, we meet the guys from Fight Back, uh, which is this group of uh, men who are obviously uh, trying to go out there and, I guess, be vigilantes and solve crimes. Uh, And this guy, I love how he walks in and he's like, your girlfriend, what are you going to do about the killer? Um, And then Tancredi, again, what's gorgeous George's story? Um, so obviously this group are kind of angry. They feel the police aren't doing anything to try and find this killer because he's targeting gays. Um, and yeah, we just get a lot of uh, uncomfortable back and forth language. And we learn that these people are gonna have uh, deal with this um, this situation. Uh, anything to add on that, Brandy? Before I move on, I, I mean, there's not really a really whole lot to say here. I mean, again, as I said, uncomfortable wording of things here. But I guess it's the year 2000, so it was semi acceptable back then. No, you summed it up. I did. All right, cool. Uh, we move on now to... Uh, back to the firehouse. Here's Jimmy. Random Jimmy. Now, I just want to point out one thing, Brandy. Two episodes ago, when we have random Jimmy scene of him in trouble with his bookie, and I said how forced that was, and it's just like, oh, crap, here's Jimmy. And I said it would have been better if he wasn't in that episode... We forgot to mention in the last episode, last week, that Jimmy wasn't in the episode. So it's 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 almost like they listened to us, even though this was written like nearly 20 years ago. But um, we have to have random Jimmy in here again, because uh, we. I will say though, random Jimmy, this works this episode, because, um, you know, it's kind of not just a pointless side plot line, which won't get resolved for a few more episodes. But uh, we get Kim, obviously, feeling guilty about the situation with Bobby, so she's like, says to Jimmy, like, hey, can we talk? And. Jimmy has to be a bit of a dick in front of all these men and it's like oh it's a little early but we can put some music on and get in the mood uh, I mean yeah a bit of a dick moment there Jimmy but um, I love Kim it's like you need to be completely objective here you know with what I tell you and he's like oh I'll try and he's like I slept with Bobby and I love the way that um, Jimmy's reaction is just like you slept with Bobby and he's like I need help and he's like you got that right uh, <laughs> But like I will say, I mean this is a, a an interesting scene between the two, and again it's kind of the chemistry between these two. Like again, you really believe that these were they were married and they're having the issues still. They play off each other so well, and just the, just the way that like I really see Jimmy's point, but then I kind of see Kim's point when she kind of explains it. like it, it's like why does. Jimmy need to know that. And Jimmy's like, what? You're making me jealous. Like, why do I need to know that? Well, how do you expect me to react? Like, again, we've all been in that situation where we've dealt with an ex and we find out that they've, you know, I don't know, met someone else or slept with someone else. And I guess, yeah, in a way, you don't have a right to be jealous, but you're still going to be at a certain point. Um, And then, you know, obviously, you know, Kim makes a good point of like, oh, well, I have to find out about all, you know, the pieces of ass you sleep with. Um And then, because what, what does Jimmy's line say when he says, like, how do you expect me to react when my wife, I find out my wife is, like mean, the way she's like, yeah, ex-wife. Um, and then he obviously just walks off, and then Kim's kind of like, you know, thanks for always being there. I mean, look, it's an interesting scene. Again, it's random Jimmy, but it's random Jimmy that works. And, again, it's kind of, it's done well in this storyline. It's kind of adding to this love triangle between all three of them, that it's like, well, you kind of can see Jimmy's point, but you can also see Kim's point at the same time.
1: I was actually agreeing with Jimmy the whole time. Like, why did he need to know? Why? I mean, because at first I was mad, actually. Why? She told Jimmy, out of all people. I, why think, I think it she comes down stop. to she
0: needs someone to talk to. I it think, does. Because, like, she can't talk to Bobby, her best friend, who she would talk to because that's the one involved in. And, again, we've all been in that situation where, say, the person that we generally go to to talk to about shit, we can't talk to them because it's about them. So, like, she, her next best option is Jimmy.
1: Well, no, I get that. I was just saying, like at first I didn't understand that, but now watching these episodes over again, I get it. And if, you know, I mean, there's also Doc. She has a few she could talk to. I mean, I, I don't would say talk to
0: Doc about this. I I think that. I no. they
1: have some nice scenes later on. So I mean, I could see it. I could, depending on what it is, though. I mean, and this is one of those things because they've had some nice scenes, like especially down to uh, future uh, future seasons. But I mean, it is definitely. I will say it was definitely interesting. At first, I can understand it. I get it now. Like you said, everyone needs somebody to talk to. The next person to go to is Jimmy. And I do like that. At first, his reaction is like, what do I need to know? And then he understands as well. So
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And we, we kind of get a an interesting scene between the two later on, which I think works really well. Uh, we we get this... Like, I, I get why they put this next scene in, but this, to me, seems really forced because I think this... This scene has nothing to do with the plot like it's not like we get this doc and Carlos scene that revol- revolves around you know them having issues with each other later on it's just kind of like they've thrown in a, a debate to kind of put in the middle of an episode for a bit of you know conversation and then kind of it just gets promptly forgotten about I've always had an issue with this scene not not the not the topic matter of the what they're talking about it just feels so forced we, we basically just get this this mini situation of Carlos and Doc having a debate about whether or not being gay is the same as being black, essentially. And, you know, Doc's side is obviously, you know, well look, uh you can't compare the you know, a sexual preference and a choice based on someone's skin colour and then obviously Carlos is like, Well it's not a choice. You know, they're born that way, the same way as you and I are straight. Um, and it's and they kind of obviously bring up a couple of current issues that happened around that time, uh, you know, that were in the news, real life issues. I mean, look, there's not really anything to talk about this scene. I mean, it's a very valid debate. It's a debate that many people have had and will still continue to have. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just feel like it just it's it's shoved in the middle of the episode for, I don't know. I don't know. I just feels forced this scene to me.
1: I don't know. I got to disagree on that one. I believe it's actually perfect. I mean, it's a conversation that's actually very really relevant, especially right now in America. Yeah. And I'm not sure anywhere else, but it's very relevant. And I actually, this is actually one of my favorite scenes out of this whole episode, to be honest. Just because it's, it gets that debate going. Because it's, it's, it's actually, I can see both sides. And I like that they actually touched on it because I, I believe at this point it was also relevant back in, what, 1999 as it is now. So I mean I don't think it was first I think it was perfect. I think it sh- it
0: matches. I, I, I but, definitely yeah. see what you're saying. I don't know. I just I just don't like the tone of the episode it fits in terms of what the subject matter got. It's not like they just shoved this in the middle of an episode with nothing related to the subject matter. But I don't know, it's just it's just like the writers have said, Oh, let's force this issue and get the the listener to really uh, the, the viewer to really kind of think about it and it's like, well, we're already kind of thinking about it in a way but I don't know that's just that's just me and cuz it's kind of like it happens and then it's that's it it's dealt over it's not like you know later on in the episode we get one of them being pissed off at the other and they need to kind of resolve if you know what I mean so
1: i to have a dark wisdom moment too you know I, there, that's what makes it perfect for me I believe it's just also you got to hear Doc has that wisdom. But
0: Carlos has got the same wisdom at the same time. I, I, I can see what you saying, but it's not, he like, it's not like Carlos gets owned in this debate. They, they kind of hold their own.
1: I'm saying that he also, it was interesting for that too. I never said that part. It was just, Carlos also, at this point, was making good points. That's what I said. It was both good points. And it was good to see Carlos's wisdom. But again, Doc is known as the wise one, mostly in these episodes. And... I think it was just cool to see that and I think maybe they was like well let's get Doc's take on this and then Carlos went to toe-to-toe on him I mean there was no better wisdom it was just one of those natural scenes that I, I just love What what I, I personally love it
0: what I do like um, is kind of how they intertwine it then into the next scene and it's kind of the way they have this uh, sort of debate and then straight away we cut to the police station of this guy like I'll kill the bitch like, you know, it's just kind of, like, straight away. It's kind of like we've had racism, we've had, uh, you know, homophobia, and then we kind of get a bit of almost sexism going on here, I guess, like, you know, domestic violence and everything like that sort of stuff. But I, I do love, like, uh, Bosco kind of the way he's handling this guy. You know, here he is, like, I'll kill her, I'll do this, I'll do that. And then the way they, like, ran him into the door, he's like, did you see that? And then the, um, the other sergeant's like, oh, yeah, he must have just accidentally slipped. It's like... I mean, it's, it's you know, police brutality, not very nice. But, I mean, it's kind of at the same time, you're like, yeah, you deserve that. Um, but we obviously get a bit of a shot. Uh, Fred's still in jail saying, like, come on, Faith, you've made your point. And then, uh, you know, Bosco's like, well, what are you going to do about it or whatever? And then Faith is like, basically shuts him down straight away. Um, and I think it's like, it's very interesting how they edit this scene because you kind of get Bosco and Jokers walking out as davis and sally walk in they walk both walk past each other it's very well cut like i love the way they kind of single camera it just kind of flows back and then it goes back forth They're very well shot but it's kind of interesting how like bosco and jokers and davis and sally don't even acknowledge each other i guess maybe you know in all work face, workplaces you don't always say hello to your people that you know but i don't know I, was I, am i just nitpicking in that i i don't think he always got to say hi i mean there were Fair had on own problems
1: at that moment and she's Talking to Bosco, but I, I do like when Bosco's like, "Fake what? And he's like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at that point, I think that was when they walked through. I mean, so no, I don't. At that point, yeah, no, she wasn't going to say hi. She's so busy with leaving. True,
0: uh, true. But I don't know. It's just a little thing. But it was, yeah, again, very well shot, just the way that single camera just kind of follows follows the scene the whole way. But we obviously then get Davis and um, Sully talking about this whole case now. Davis wants to go back on what he said in terms of changing the law to basically make it so consistent can get out of jail. And Sully's kind of like, if you had to listen to me in the first place. Uh, then we meet the, um, the ADA. I, 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 she's probably got a name, but, she, you know, let's be honest, I think she's only in it for, like, two episodes. We don't really care. Um, he kind of, Davis is bringing up, you know, that he wants to change this, and she's like, well, you can't do that. And then he brings up the Rosario material or whatever it is, and she's impressed that she, and, like, I've just Googled this because I don't know what it is. Uh, it says here, Rosario material includes any statements of a witness who will testify at a trial, police forms that summarize a witness statement, a signed statement by a witness and paperwork prepared by a testifying police officer are examples of Rosario materials. Rosario material must be given to the defense before the opening statement. So, yeah, there you go. Um, But, yeah, he's basically saying that he's not, what, like, changing the arrest report. He's amending it, that new evidence has come to light. Uh, I mean, yeah, look, it's, it's we need it, I guess, in the overall scheme of this episode, but, yeah, I this mean, goes
1: first. Like you talked about, like some of the scenes feeling like it was just placed there. I feel like this scene was kind of just placed
0: there. I don't necessarily think it was placed there. I just think it's just. I mean, it's there in the context of the uh, the storyline. But I, I just this character of the ADA, like we we kind of get a few ADAs over the years, and um, they always seem to be involved with Davis because he's the one with the law background. But yeah, I don't know. It's just she just is kind of a nothing she's she's up there with the um the uh the dana thank you uh see she's so forgettable i can't even remember her name uh she's up there with the dana character model of third watch i feel
1: <laughs> What's sad is that i think dana had more appearances than she did and oh, I Forget. Dana.
0: yeah but actually, i don't even that's know this not, woman's that's name just... so
1: <laughs> well no i'm just saying dana had more appearances and like still i mean she's forgettable
0: Dana, I think, (laughs) in the next episode, so we get a little bit of her. But anyway, so we get that. Uh, Carlos and Doc, again, what I said before about how that scene to me feels forced, because all of a sudden they're back in the ambulance. They've gotten over their little debate, and uh, Davis is... uh, Sorry, Doc, I can't even speak. I'm forgetting everyone's name now. Uh, Carlos is talking about Bus Girl, kind of cute. Um, And What does Doc say? I wasn't looking at her that way. (laughs) Carlos, what other way is there to look at her? She's hot. And then, like, Doc's like, oh, but I'm seeing Morales now. Uh, and <laughs> so it's all like, I can't, you know, uh, I can't look at any other women. Uh, I don't know, it's just a fun little scene. Um, now, we get uh, uh, Bosco, Yoka scene again, and kind of, this is bigoted Bosco, saying, like, these guys are asking to be shot at. Yoka's is like, that's the most biggest thing you've ever said. And what does he say? I call a spade a spade. Um, Because they they show up. Basically, we've got this guy being bashed up by the guys from Fight Back who have targeted some guy. What's the the statement? He's like in a hunting jacket with blonde hair. Um, So they're bashing up on this guy who's not the guy. He's saying, I'm gay, I'm gay. And he's like, get these guys away. And then... um, yeah, these guys are basically are like, why don't you do your job? They're going off at like all the police cause they're angry. And then Carlos kind of has that line. What does he say? Like, you see why I want to get my MD and get off the street. So exactly. it's, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of still setting that up, uh, back to the firehouse. This is that scene I was talking before about sort of the Jimmy scene, uh, with Kim. Um, and then he comes down the fire pole, talks a little bit to her about Bobby and, you know, just kind of apologises and just kind of makes up with Kim about the whole situation. But uh, I, lo- I love the bit where Jimmy says, like, I'm jealous. And it's like, aren't you a little glad that I still am? And kind of Kim kind of has that look. She doesn't say no. She doesn't. It's just kind of like again, it's just that that tension between the two. And it's like as much as you're you're rooting, I think up to that point maybe for Bobby and Kim to give it a go. We're, we're kind of seeing that Bobby and Kim have given it a go, but they're not necessarily going to last. But you've still always got this Jimmy Kim thing that will sort of fester for some time still. So uh, I just I don't know. I, and then the way Jimmy kind of says like telling the truth, you can't go wrong with the truth um yeah i just kind of like this little scene between the two um it's it's a nice little wrap up and kind of setting kim up to what she's going to have to do by the end of this episode but yeah
1: i will say i I do love jimmy's uh scene i mean his uh what is it basically his dialogue in this one just the fact that he's like just tell the truth i mean this is the first time you actually don't get a cocky jimmy yeah you know and he could have been a dick about Bobby, like, oh, just tell him you don't like him or something. Like, open up to Bobby, like, oh, Kim don't like, you know. That, I always expected that. But he, now that i watched this episode, I realized Jimmy actually isn't that bad yeah. as he seems. He does have that soft side. And this is like one of the first times we get to see that.
0: Yeah, sure. Completely agree. Um, all right, just throwaway scene. We kind of wrap up the whole Malcolm storyline. Um, Davis uh, gets the girl out of jail. Um, and she's all like you want to get in these drawers is something the matter you don't want to get with this uh, which is kind of interesting because the whole part of Dave is basically getting involved in this whole situation because he did want to get in the pants but um, anyway <laughs> but then we, we cut back to this uh, scene where uh, a person's been shot there's a guy with a gun it turns out he's a cop uh, he was kind of helping out we find out that the fight back group have found the shooter because that's who shot this other guy and they're all in the, the alley bashing this guy up Bosco has to come in and basically warn all these uh, the members of Fight back to stop uh, bashing this guy. The cops are there. They'll take over here. Kind of say, total badass Bosco moment, the way he pulls out his nightstick so and basically takes down a gang of guys. Like, he is just epically awesome in that scene. And, again, yeah, props to Jason Wiles for great acting. And, you know, he pulls out the gun, you know, take another step, I'll shoot you myself. And, you know, really, realistic, gritty scene at this point. Um, and then uh, the priest comes along finds the guy this is a guy obviously has been shooting all the gay people and basically this weird sort of moment is like I'm going to ask God to forgive you so I mean it's it's the conclusion of this at least until we get this great line from Bosco coming up soon but um, I mean there's not a whole lot to really add here unless you want to talk about this but yeah just props to Jason Miles badass Bosco moment taking down this gang
1: I mean no there's not much I will I will say I do like about Bosco's expression at the end where he I think there was a just a moment of where he kind of reflected like, wow, this is pretty serious, you know? Because at first he was kind of like making jokes or just kind of like, I mean, he was doing his job, but you still he still had this like, yeah, like, you, uh, what he said in the beginning? He said this is like a sex thing or whatever. And I think at that moment in the alleyway when he's like looking at the guy, he's he like realizing like there is more out there than just that. I think we get that for a split second.
0: Good point. And, Didn't look at it that way. But yeah, no, I, I see it for sure. I think that's a, that's a very good way of looking at it. I like that. Um... We then get this scene, and oh, this this is hard for me to watch because I am so in Bobby's corner here. Um, Bobby's like, he comes down the stairs and he has this nice little line of like, waiting for me. Um, and then, you know, sort of him and Kim, sort of and Kim just ready to tell the truth. And then we get those horrible words coming from Kim's mouth saying that it was a mistake, uh, you know, that I'm no good at this. And then Bobby's like, what is this? you proving yourself right and then, oh, this bit just hurts. It hurts me, Brandy. Uh, the way she, say, way he says, like, "Tell me you don't love me," and then the way she says, "I love you as a friend." Um, and it's like, oh, ouch, 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 ouch. Oh. Um, and then, uh, obviously, he says, you know, oh, so what? You can go back to, you know, dating guys that don't care about you the way I do. And then she's like, well, "What do you want me to do? Just like be with you to make you happy?" And then he kind of. Does say, what does he say, like, um, who, who doesn't give a damn about you except for the friction or something like that. Like, a bit of a dick's line, but he's angry. And then he kind of storms off. And then Kim, like, what does Kim expect him to do at that point? To just accept and go, okay, cool, let's go, you know, just, like, chat like I just I mean look I, I guess kind of in any situation you've always been in an argument and you're trying to like apologize to someone or like that and you, you obviously you're hoping that they'll just accept it and that but I mean realistically Kim you've just told him that A it was a mistake B you're not in love with him and C you're gonna go dating douche guys that don't care about you so it's kind of like what? yeah what do you expect him to do at that moment it's,
1: I've been in both I've been in both but yeah I agree with you she, especially when she said it was a mistake I've, I've been in her shoes when I've said something was a mistake I get that but then I get Bobby's side. Like when you tell somebody it was a mistake, like Bobby even emphasized a mistake, that is just heartbreaking. I mean, at that point, Kim, you just gotta take it. Whatever he throws at you at that moment, you just gotta take it. Yeah. He's not gonna be your best friend at that moment. I don't <laughs> she stood there like, Bobby. No. And he she knew that Bobby liked her, I believe. And then this happens. And then she stands there like her are gonna be, like you said, best friends. And go out for ice cream after
0: just talk, no. She she definitely knows. I mean, we've, we've established this long up to this point. And then, obviously, they were in bed with each other that morning when he said, I've been in love with you for as long as I can remember. So, she knows. And, like, I get it. Like, I get it kind of, like, at that point, you can't take back the fact that they've slept with each other. And I get it that she has to try and end it and not keep leading him on. I understand that completely. Uh, but again, like, I mean, again, similar to you being in both sides of the situation. But yeah, like I I am very much Bobby at this point and just really feeling the hurt there for him. So, yeah. I
1: am too. Like, I've said a mistake when I was angry. But I mean, I feel like it was, I mean, that's why it was like, oh, a mistake. And she wasn't even angry. So, I mean, that was definitely, I'm with Bobby on this side too. I
0: am. Uh, we then get this fantastic scene. This is one I mentioned a few episodes ago and we've led it up to this point. Um bosco and Jokas, Uh Yokus is kind of a bit sort of short with bosco and bosco's like what 's the problem and you know basically Yokus is just saying like i 'm sick of you being a bigot you know today it 's the gays tomorrow it 's blacks, the next day it 's latinos, the next day it 's Asians, and you know just kind of like basically pointing out. Bosco's flaws, and then we we kind of like get this this scene from Bosco. It's weird to say that it's a great scene because it's basically Bosco admitting that he's a racist, that he's a homophobe, that he's you know he he hates people. Like it's weird to admit that you like this scene, but the way he kind of puts it, the way he's like, look, yes. I hate people. I don't want to like everyone. I've got a list of people that I hate. He goes into very kind of, like, graphic detail and very racist detail, I guess, about, you know, stereotypes and everything along those lines. But I guess the way he kind of, like, sells it, which I think just works so well for the character of Bosco, is that he's basically like, you tell me one time that I have not worn that uniform and I have done everything in my power to help people, you know, no matter who they are, you know, gays included... Um, and then the way Yoko is kind of like, you wish you knew yourself, and he's just like, go deal with your family, and kind of just walks off. Like, this to me is a scene that, like, if you want to know who Bosco is, this sums him up. And, like, I will say, I, I feel kind of they they soften Bosco as the seasons go on. You don't really get this bigoted side of Bosco kind of moving forward. There are still definitely elements to it, but there's still, I think, they really soften him down. But, like, I think they they definitely sell it well, and I think it's great. Jason Wiles does a fantastic job uh and again he's a dick for being a racist and being homophobe but at the same time he's absolutely right it's like it doesn't matter at the end of the day if i hate people i'm still going to help them because i'm a cop
1: he has a great character arc i will say that i was one he has one of the best character arcs especially in the finale i love it i mean it's just funny to see his growth and then also see the finale but i will also say faith also was like oh, you wish you knew yourself and I think she has a point to that as well. Like, this is Bosco. Like, that speech basically just, like you said, said who he was. But at the same time, like, Faith was like, you wishing you yourself more. Because I feel like, yes, and we've seen these in episodes where he does help anyone and everyone. But at the same time, there's some truth to Faith. Because I feel like at, in this episode, he didn't put his all into it in terms of helping the gays. Or whatever. at that point, it was the gays, you know. But, yeah.
0: Mm. I mean,
1: but I love this scene. I mean, look, I
0: see, but I I don't necessarily agree. I, I don't think we ever really do see a real... I think he did everything he could in this episode. I don't see what he could have done more in this episode to help, though. That's just my opinion. I mean, it's not like he deliberately didn't help because they were gay yeah he said some things that were wrong but he was doing everything in his power to go catch the you know the the person who was doing it and in that scene when he's like taking them all down i mean if he was that anti-gay he would have just shot them anyway but he basically warned them he's like look hey guys and like, let's be honest like the guys in fight back like yeah of course they're going to be vigilantes are going to go out there and try and stop but the police can't let a gang of people bash up another person just because he's a perceived bad guy i mean if that was the case we'd all you know have vigilante groups going out there conducting their own sort of you know form of the law so yeah i mean i just i just really love this scene i just love the way this points out bosco's character and it just it just works it just really really works and um yeah again it's weird to kind of say we've just had a character admit that they're a racist but it's like oh but at the same time you're kind of redeeming for it which is it's really weird to say that
1: yeah no and i agree with your perspective as well i mean i uh I see both sides, and again, I've seen, you know, those episodes where you also see where Bosco goes hard on for something, like a case, any case. It doesn't even have to do with, like, his own, like, his, uh, his partners or anything like that. I mean, and you see cases where Bosco kind of like, he does everything in his power as a cop that he can do, but again, there was something that was just like, uh, it's just a sex crime. That's it. We'll catch your guy. And in those other cases where Bosco's like, yeah, no, we're going to get this guy. You know, I mean... That's why I see both perspectives. I see Faith and I see his. So I think it was a great scene. It was powerful, that was for sure.
0: Definitely, definitely was. Uh, we then move back to the firehouse, and uh, he's Vanji, She's waiting for Carlos. Um, and then basically we find out that she's fine, but she needs to be kept awake uh, every few hours. She wants to thank him, and basically they're going to go off and have sex. But um, can I just point out that, like, um, we, we kind of get it in the next episode, the way Doc kind of has that speech about how... You know, doctors and that are not meant to see their patients. Um, But I mean, like this obviously doesn't enter Carlos's mind. I mean, again, I'm a man. I'm in Carlos's position right there. I've got some hot girl wanting me to go back home and keep them awake. I'm probably going to say yes. (laughs) Um, You know at that point of course if i'm single if i'm in a relationship with someone i love i'm not um but unless it's Natalie Portman and then i get a free pass but um yeah uh, i think there's more to talk about that in the next episode uh but then we we get bobby in the bar uh just this is just a fun scene like it's kind of interesting with bobby like the emotions of bobby like don't you love tv shows how people get over things so quickly so let's 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 establish bobby's last 24 hours okay he's essentially lost a brother he's finally hooked up with the woman of his dreams only to then be told it was a mistake and that she doesn't love him and then to go to a bar meet a random hot girl and then basically go back and have sex with her and again forget about everything that's just happened in the 24 hours so you know, I, I would just love to have Bobby's mindset where you can get over shit that quickly.
1: Isn't TV wonderful? Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, if TV was realistic,
1: he would not was. be
0: doing that straight away.
1: <laughs> I, there are episodes where I had felt the same when I was like, well, I wish I could do that. <laughs> For sure. I mean... I, I do love this scene. It's a
0: funny scene. Oh, it's I, fun. I mean, obviously, the woman comes in with like, the box of uh, chocolate and they kind of exchange, you know, horror stories on Valentine's Day. And basically, she's just like, oh, you know, my fiance was, like, having sex with my bridesmaid, and then, you know, all I need to do is just erase it with, you know, hours and hours of meaningless sex. Uh, and she's like, well, you're coming back to my house. We've got to wash the sheets. You know, any man who does domestic chores gets rewards. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I agree with you. It's a fun scene.
1: Yeah it is a fun scene i thought it was funny i mean again like you said 24 hours i'm just analyzing brandy
0: i'm just nitpicking you know no,
1: i mean I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not even like i don't disagree with that i was like it was so quick i was like whoo, he he's all drunk ready to go and then what the next episode is like a week later they say and he's already moved
0: on yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, And then obviously we close out the episode Fred comes home He's had bail posted by some guy called Nick uh, And then he kind of standing up to Yoko, like, the way you treat me, you know, I want to leave And then kind of obviously he's trying to like, I guess, play her bluff But she's already packed his bags And basically is like, get out, I don't want you here um, I mean, it's an emotional scene. It's an emotional way to end the episode. You know I'm going to nitpick at it, though, because, I mean, those boxes, is like, four boxes there. If that's all the stuff he owns, and, again, I wish I was like that, that I only owned four boxes worth of stuff. And then he even, like, grabs, like, two boxes and walks out. So he's like, is he going to come back for the other ones? He's like, what's happening at that point? So, again, nitpicking, but it's an emotional scene, Brandy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I thought the same thing. I was like, wait, he only picks up a few. And so I was like, well, maybe he's going downstairs to his car and he's going to come right back up. But then he told her his car. So what is he doing? Yeah. And then uh, so I thought the same thing. I mean, it was very powerful, though. It was emotional. He was trying to guilt trip her. Like, you know, you put me in jail and this and that. I don't want to be here as much as you do. And he looks over and there's the boxes. And she's like, my father was drunk. Our kids are not going to be around that. I'm not going to be around it. Yeah. And is definitely emotional, that's for
0: sure. You make a good point there, actually, when you say about the fact that he totaled the car. And, I mean, this is, you know, they're both obviously not very that well off, are they? Like, I mean, that's never touched on. Is that their only car? Um, so it's kind of, yeah, it's wait, like...
1: Wait, have you- well, I don't know, I was nitpicking too. I was like, how did he get home from his friend Nick? And then is he wait maybe Nick is I don't know. <laughs> maybe
0: Nick is waiting for him. We don't we don't care cars. about Nick. Nick's like the ADA, we're just like, Oh yeah, cool, Nick's around, but whatever. Uh so <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's the fourteenth episode, thirty two bullets and a broken heart. Uh now before we before we rate it, i we'll talk about this off air, but we've just discovered on IMDB they have an area where obviously people rate an episode. So you can go to IMDb, you can rate a certain episode out of 10, and then there's actually a section where basically uh, all the episodes of Third Watch have been rated, and then you can sort of put them in order of what episodes have the highest ratings and what have the lowest ratings. So out of all the episodes in the history of Third Watch as ranked... By the users of IMDB, apparently the lowest-ranked episode in the history of the show is this very episode. 32 Bullets and a Broken Heart has only gotten 4.4 out of 10. And coincidentally enough, the next episode that we'll recap next week, Officer Involved, also holds a 4.4 according to IMDB. Now, by all means, this isn't the greatest episode of Third Watch, but by all means, this is not the worst episode of Third Watch. So how this is... According to the users of IMDb.com, the worst episode of Third Watch, I am baffled. I, I, I think the people of IMDb, the users, are just idiots. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you wow. said idiots, and I was like, oh,
0: man, I <laughs> you, just, you just went silent there all of a sudden. You, are you a user of IMDb.com? I did, just, I just, <laughs> did I just make you call you an idiot, idiot Brandy? Said... <laughs> well, no, I was
1: just, you said idiots, and I was like, well, um. No, I, I want to say I agree, but I don't know. If, yeah, I mean, because it was—it's not the worst episode. It's not the best, but it's also not the worst. It's—I mean, perhaps like you said, the storyline might have been more like, i have been touched on certain things, like with the dark and color scene. I'm, I don't—I can't see why it would get only four point no, four though. I—I think I, I, I mean, think
0: there's some weird discrepancies with these votes, though. As I think I was saying to you off air, because like if you sort them, so like you can actually sort on this page. Uh, The amount of user votes So like it tells you how many people have voted for it So for example um, There has been one episode, Sleeping Dogs Live The 13th episode of the 5th season Uh, that has only had 15 people rate it, and that's currently sitting at an 8.3. Yet this episode had 111 people rate it, same as Officer Involved, next week's episode, for 4.4. Now only three episodes out of all the episodes of Third Watch have had more than 100 people vote on them on imdb.com and those three, this one, as I said, 32 bullets and a broken heart, a 4.4, Officer Involved, a 4.4, 111 people voted for that, and the number one ranked episode according to the users of IMDB that had hundred and fourteen user votes, a user rating of nine point five. Is the very last episode of Third Watch entitled "Goodbye to Camelot"? And um, I would definitely say that is not the greatest episode of Third Watch. So um, yeah, it's 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 very very interesting. Just I, I actually I don't know if you have anything that I'm just going to quickly search with my the episode that I think is the greatest, uh, which is the uh, episode entitled "After Hours." It's in the second season uh according to this it's about 15th on the list how did i count? yeah it's sort of in the middle there 9.0 so that's an interesting rating but yeah i don't know like just looking at the other um ratings here like the uh, ones we've done this season the highest one i think just looking here from season 1 on this list is young men of fire which is a finale of this season that's on a 9.2 out of 10 any ones that we've done, uh, Demolition Derby, the one that I gave a uh, a, a, a it to, uh, is on an 8.9. So anyway, I, I just wanted to point that out because there's not a whole lot of ratings out there for third watch on the internet, but this is one which I find a bit weird. Okay, so how about
1: this? When this episode is downloaded, how about we have the viewers, if they can,
0: listeners, leave Brandy,
1: some feedback. Listeners. Oh, <laughs> listen, here we go. Ah! I own a website. I'm so sorry, <laughs> viewers, listeners. There we go. We we'll have the listeners leave some feedback if they can, if they're willing to, as why this episode might not be the greatest, or why it might.
0: Well, yeah, I, I agree with that, and and kind of going on that, I, I definitely feel that yeah, I, they can leave us their own feedback and maybe just go to IMDb and just spam it so they can get it up there higher than the last episode. There you go. Uh,
1: was-
0: but on our ratings, there, Brandy, what are you going to do with this? You're going to buy it? You're going to bin it? You're going to rent it? I'll buy it. You buy it. it was-
1: I'll buy it. I mean, I think it was a strong uh, faith character ship. I mean, character arc at this moment. It was a strong faith episode,
0: so I'll buy it. I I would argue it's more Kim and Bobby centric, but I see the faith side of it. But I'm going to buy it too, just because. Um, yeah. I I I besides maybe the force bit in the middle, I just I like the storylines of it. I like the acting. You know, I love the speech from Bosco that he has. The Bobby Kim stuff kind of see that getting revolve, uh, resolved, and it kind of you know brings in the feels there's a lot of stuff that's talking there but yeah no i agree with you i'm buying it that's um yeah idiots who on imdb rank this is the worst episode of third watch you're all idiots let's just be honest um but uh that's four in a row for me now brandy that i've bought i've and kind of going on last week that i said now uh what's that six of the last seven episodes i've bought and obviously demolition derby in the middle there i've i've been and you you've bought the last two but you had a Rented in there with Journey to the Himalayas, so um, you know, still a strong season that we've got here at the moment. Still plugging along, I feel.
1: Yeah, we do. I mean, and I, you know, I will say this: I feel like Third Watch has become. They have got found their their rhythm. In the middle of the season, I feel like, cause like these next couple, these last two episodes and these next episodes are kind of like emotional tear jerkers in a way for me. And I don't know what it is, but these last, especially action packed. That's what it is. Like it's more action. There's more uh, emotional story plots and everything else. And I feel like they just found like their rhythm as it goes on. And that's only it only makes sense for that. Like most shows find a rhythm later on in the season because they're trying to find out what works, what doesn't. And I feel like at this point, this is. This is where I found out what works and what doesn't.
0: Good point. Good point. Well done. I like that. Um, we'll be back next week, though, as we cover the 15th episode of the first season. It's entitled Officer Involved. As you can imagine, there's officers involved. Uh, it's sort of a very interesting storyline, very Davis-centric. Um, we we get some other stuff. We feel a bit sorry for Kim in this episode. Um, and we get a cameo from a yes. very famous person who is billed as a guest star who has about four lines. Um, but I'm not going to spoil it because I, I just want people to just keep an eye out for this person. It's a very blinking you miss it <laughs> moment. But it's it's interesting. It's very interesting that this person was... I always forget that this person was in Third Watch. But uh, a very famous person is in the next episode. One of the
1: most serious roles this person has done I believe I'm so happy you mentioned it because I was like should I say it should I not let me just see if Ben will say something because I don't know if this should we spell it <laughs>
0: so, uh, you know, just yeah. just everybody keep an eye on it and just uh, see how we go. But in the meantime, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying these, as Brandy said before, please leave us feedback. Uh, we always appreciate hearing from you. You can email us at network at hotmail.com. If you wish to comment on Facebook, leave some feedback there. You can message us on Facebook. Just search for the Oz Network there. Twitter as well. Tweet to us directly. Follow us on there and all that sort of jazz. Uh, we're on YouTube, and we are also obviously on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify for those episodes to come directly to your device. And whilst you're there, it would be fantastic if you could subscribe, rate us, leave us feedback, and uh, show that you're smarter than users of IMDb.com. Uh, but in the meantime, this has been a pleasure. We're back next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Oz Network. My name is Ben, and uh, let's just say it. Let's just point it out there. Brandy, you give me enough wood to build a boat. A really, really nice boat.
1: Well, I'll take that as a <laughs> compliment. <laughs> Wow! Thanks, bitch.
0: You're welcome. And
1: this, as again as he mentioned, this is Brandy, and we hope to see. Uh, hope you tune in next episode.
0: Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.